some very unusual factors have popped up and I'm going to bring that to you today. The first thing I want to look at is these two anomalies that have appeared. The second thing I want to talk about is this untapped transport. We're seeing freight being moved all over the world in different methods. But what about this one? The third thing I need to discuss is the inflation creation. Everywhere we go, prices are rising. You're seeing what the central banks are doing. I'm going to interlink those today and so much more. Let's go. The question for the day is, how can this happen? Well, I'm going to show you what's been happening, and I'm also going to give you those two anomalies that you need to know. But first, I need to lead in with this information. You are looking at the CPI numbers, the measure of inflation that the government likes to use, and it is now at a high we haven't seen in a very long time, 5.4%. You can look at this chart down here, Essentially what you're seeing is the month over month gain or loss in inflation. And during the period early in 2020, it came down as you know, but then it surged much higher. At this point here, what we were told is that it's going to go up and it's going to come right back down. No need to worry. But of course, that wasn't the case. In fact, as you can see, through 2021, it has accelerated dramatically. They told us things would be temporary and transitory and every other word that they could use to make people think that it wasn't going to be permanent. But today, that's becoming very, very difficult to get across to people. Now, I want to show you some more detail, but Let's cover this a little bit further. Consumer prices rise more than expected as energy costs surge. Excluding food and energy, the gain was just 0.2% and 4% respectively. They have to include food and energy prices in order to get an accurate depiction of inflation. But they say, no, 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 no. It's too volatile. I mean, is that really something that should be ever considered? Something is too volatile, so they just don't include it? Does that seem legitimate to you? Get ready to pay sharply higher price uh, bills, excuse me, for heating this winter along with seemingly everything else. You know, wherever you are, that basically everything we buy is becoming more expensive, and, you know, people are used to that. You go back 50 years ago, things were cheaper than they were today. However, you look at the rapid rate of increase with no possible way that if Heinz, if uh, Procter & Gamble, if all these different companies increase their prices, that they will ever let them come back down. That's the challenge. With prices surging worldwide for heating oil, natural gas, and other fuels, the U.S. government said it expects the household to see their heating bills jump as much as, check this out, 54% compared to last winter. That's going to break some people. That's going to break some people right now. And that is truly unfortunate to see the way that it is. They gave you a breakdown of what has happened here. And you can get an idea of what things are higher than others. And of course, the inflation rate of 5.4%, that's not true for most people, but it could be 
I'm much higher. It could be 20%, could be 10%. And I think it really depends on the individual. As they're showing you here, rental cars, 42.9%. If you're the type of person who's constantly using rental cars, you're going to feel the inflation more than somebody who doesn't use them at all. Gas, 42%. Used cars, 24%. Now, the used cars, let's, let's hold that thought for a minute. Okay. What do you see here? Used car prices, the Mannheim index, something I've shown you repeatedly, versus the CPI, used car and truck prices. Something's very different, isn't it? Now, while they both went up from 2020 into 2021, if I show you that right here, they're both going up. But then what happens afterwards? Well, the CPI number drops dramatically. However, the Mannheim index, which actually measures the used car prices, there's the difference. One goes up, one goes down. One is reported by the government, and one is private. Hmm, that's questionable, right? Maybe it's an anomaly? Okay, what about this? U.S. national rent year over year versus the CPI, owner's equivalent rent year over year. Hmm. So the number that they publish to get you, you know, when they put it out in the newspapers, when it goes out to the mainstream, this is what they're going to use. They're not actually measuring the, the amount of rent. The Federal Reserve doesn't do that. The Federal Reserve is looking at these type of numbers. They are always looking at the ones that are obscured. So that orange right there, if you could see it, right in the circle, that's the owner's equivalent rent. But what about the blue line? Apartment lists, national average, year over year. They're actually calculating the data. And what do you see? Perhaps another anomaly? I think so. Now, what are people feeling today? Look at this. 30, this is based on a survey, data they pulled, 38% of households across the nation report facing serious financial problems in the past few months. There's a sharp income divide in serious financial problems as 59% of those with annual incomes below $50,000 report facing serious financial problems in the last few months. At the very bottom, once the Eviction ban expired. 27% of renters nationally reported serious problems paying their rent in the last few months. We've got problems here today that will not be resolved by the actions that are being taken. Let's break it down in the Money GPS Insights. The figures do not add up, and that creates a big concern. Inflation is pushing most people to feel hard times, just like that data I was showing you a moment ago. Investors today can hold real assets, they can diversify, and they can be agile. All of these things I've talked about before numerous occasions, but essentially we cannot let our guard down. Okay, some interesting stuff here. And I want your opinion on this. Untapped potential. Far too little freight on U.S. waterways, experts say. Every barge movement in our inland waterways reduces significant, amount, significant amounts of truck traffic. Look, barges 101. 
River transport was one of the first modes used in America with a cargo of deer and bear hides traveling down the Mississippi in 1705. One barge, 16 rail cars, or 70 large tractor trailers. They mentioned here in this article that it's not a be-all, end-all. It has its own issues. There are problems here. But saying that it's simply not being used enough. If they would use them more, it would create a way for a lot less movement to be done on the roads. And you would have you know, this whole issue with the not enough truck drivers. It would reduce that to a great degree. But they're not doing that. If anybody has any input on this, let's talk about it. Let's discuss this down below. Okay, look at this. You know, in, a, in addition to, to what I talked about earlier in this episode, they have this information and, and I'm going to make it really clear. There will be things that people can't get when asked about holiday shopping. At the same time, a lot of these goods are hopefully substitutable by other things. I don't think there's any real reason to be panicked, but we all feel the frustration and there's a certain need for patience to help get through this relatively short period of time. That's what they're saying. Now, what I want to know from you is, do you agree that what we are seeing here is temporary? Or would you say that what's happening here is a new paradigm? If you think it's a new paradigm, hit that thumbs up. I want to see those thumbs up. It supports the channel, of course, but that lets me know. When I see an increase in the thumbs up, I know you're answering these questions, all right? White House, Walmart, FedEx, UPS to go 24-7 to address supply bottlenecks. This is important, of course, because there has to be a solution. We have to get things moving or we're going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. The power issue as well. Check it out. India has experienced persistent electricity shortages since the start of October as power generators have proved unable to meet resurgent demand as the economy rebounds. That's what they're saying. But I do believe that there are so many other things happening here. There's a link that's located in this article that's by John Kemp, by the way, who I show as consistently as possible. It's got a lot of charts. If you want to see what's happening in India, the information right here, okay, links will be in the description as always. And then we go to China. China liberalizes coal-fired power pricing to tackle energy crisis. They are going against, you know, the direction supposedly going away from coal. Now they've got to go back to it. A lot of countries are doing so because they can get that production moving again. But of course, as I talked about in previous videos, the mining of coal is now the issue because they're putting those away, less coal miners too. The mines just aren't opening up. So the demand and the supply is having some serious, serious imbalances. China property shares pummeled as Evergrande impact widens. I called it a contagion. Some didn't want to hear it, of course, but it's here. It, they're talking about it. It's still going on. Don't forget about that. I won't let you forget about it, all right? The rate of growth is moderating, and yet the rate of inflation is increasing. Oh my goodness, JP Morgan. JP Morgan saying this. It's an unusual decoupling, and then refers to it as stagflation light. 
stagflation light. I think it's not going to be very light. That, that's my personal opinion. But people might get the benefit here as a big boost for Social Security benefits as inflation rises. I think that I believe it was five, five, uh, what is it, five point nine percent. That's not enough to cover the actual rate of inflation for most people, especially with medical care costs and so on. It's better than you know some would have hoped. But anyway, that's that. Now the Federal Reserve. Oh, my favorite topic. I waited for the end to talk about this. Fed says it could begin gradual tapering process by mid-November. This is now the Federal Reserve itself, according to the meeting minutes, saying November. And guess what? That $15 billion was an accurate number, and that is in the minutes. So instead of printing $120 billion a month, they would print $105 billion a month. And then we have Singapore. Singapore Central Bank tightens policy in a surprise move. They're not the only ones doing this. There are well over 50 uh, increases that we have seen in this cycle. 50 globally. That is big. Okay. And then this is just the same information here. Look, I don't know what's going to happen, but I could tell you that we are encountering difficult times. The only way to stop or stamp down on inflation is higher interest rates. And right now we are way, way far away from being able to actually have some room if another recession hits. This is a problem. All right. Look, very um, just very simple. I, I want you to become an insider. Why? Because that's my way to get to you directly. If I've got a problem, if you've got a problem, we're going to be able to work together through the insiders. Sign up. I'll give you the e e uh, video of the day through email five days a week. Check it out right here at this card or themoneygps.com. And wait a second. Have you supported the channel? It's pretty easy. Just hit that like button. It's right down there. I do appreciate it. If you haven't seen this video yet, you definitely want to check it out. All right, click it and I'll see you there.